Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 53 of Talk is Chief, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. Thanks so much for making uh, last week one of the most listened to podcasts for the last couple weeks since the draft. Um, you guys have been great and, and listening and, and obviously being part of this show here. So we're going to keep bringing them towards you as we get closer and closer to the summer OTAs next week. We'll get into some thoughts on that. But right now we're going to start with the Giants and the way they are right now and how can they still maybe improve a little bit before they start putting the pads on when the summer comes along. Jordan, how are you, bud? We're rolling, Joe. We're rolling along here. Podcast gaining steam. Everyone's listening in. Thanks, thanks to everybody who's been tuning in. Uh, help make us uh, one of the fastest growing, pod- at least team-specific podcasts out there, it seems. So we appreciate everyone's support. And we're going to lay out our plans here for potential improvement before the season. Exciting. It is. And yeah, you know, every, and every fan always wants to see even more improvement. And we had the offseason, all the money the Giants spent in free agency, uh, and then, of course, the NFL draft. But Yeah, they want every veteran, every veteran free agent they want on the roster. They want the Giants to go sign. They want them all. Bring them in and let's have a whole big, uh, a whole big party at training camp with all this talent here. Uh, James, for you, as, as we move towards this time of the year with OTAs coming up soon, um, this is kind of the, the time where you start hearing about those veteran free agents, right? Like there's still some players out there that yes. we were just looking at the list before the show that, you know, there was probably a reason they're, they're out there for whatever reason, age or injury or whatever uh, or money. But there's some names out there that you'd say, hmm, like you would think that guy would be on a roster. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, just running off the list real quick, not going to include like the quarterbacks like Fitzpatrick, but Dwight Freeney's out there, Dante Whitner, Leon Hall, Brandon Boykin, Anquan Bolden. So there are some quality names that have established themselves in the league that Will are still Beattie. out there. Will Beattie's out there. <laughs> That's oh. right. Beattie is. Yeah, Beattie. Um, and I thought he'd be on a team by now. But you're right. There's there's some veteran players that you know, have had success in this league. Like you mentioned, Freeney, I mean, a lot of success in this league in the past. And now we sit here on the cusp of OTAs for the Giants, other teams around the league having theirs. And, um, you know, minicamp will be here, uh, you know, pretty quickly. Things, things are going to start moving now into the summer. So we're going to go through, and, and each of you have a plan here for the Giants, how you would still try to improve this team a little bit before we do get to training camp. So, Jordan, we'll start with you. Give your plan. We'll talk about it. James, you give your plan. We'll talk about it, and uh, we'll kind of piece together what the Giants maybe still can do here uh, as we're in the spring. So, Jordan, what do you think? I mean, the Giants have, I think, improved a lot since last year, but there's always more improvement they can do. Yeah, I mean, I look at the roster, and I see look the right side of the offensive line. It's still something that they'd like to address, something that me and the, I'm, I'm the GM here that I'd like to address. And I'm also looking at the secondary and saying – they need more cornerbacks. I know they drafted one in the first round. I know they signed a bunch of undrafted free agents at the position. But to me, I still need more at cornerback. I mean, who's going to start? Who do I feel comfortable starting in the slot? That's a position, slot cornerback, 60 65% of the time they're on the field. That's basically a starting position. Who is going to start and hold down that spot? I ne- Eli Apple has never played there. I'm not moving um, – Janaris Jenkins, after I signed him to all this money, I'm not moving him inside to a position he hasn't really played. DRC, I'm not moving him there. He was he was very – the Eagles tried that back with the Dream Team in 11, I believe, 11 or 12. And he, it was a disaster for him. He had his worst year of his career. So I'm not moving DRC there. Uh, so me, I want a proven slot cornerback, the best option out there. My first move is to add Leon Hall, uh, former Bengal guy. Played really well last year. 
He had some back surgery in the offseason, but he's supposed to be fine. I, you know, he, it adds depth to the position. I, need, I want Leon Hall. That's a veteran that I think this team needs. And even with Leon Hall, though, I'm not going and trading DRC now. I know that I, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually, it was in the last podcast. ESPN's Dan Graziano talked about it. And it's not something that's completely out of the blue. There's been word out of the leaking out that the Giants may not be that high on him. We'll get to that in a little bit of probably why. But, uh, you know, so I, but I still want him on my roster. He's not a huge salary number. He's not, the money is not something they need. I want DRC on my roster this year. I think he's a benefit to this team. Look, if you have Leon Hall on the roster, then if DRC has to come off the field, which he has been a lot in the last two years, or his two years with the Giants, then look, that's what you have Eli Apple there for. Uh, so, I'm, look, you drafted Eli Apple. I'm not fully intent, 100% saying, okay, this guy has to start, this guy has to play. He's on the roster, do what's best for the team right now. And if he's not one of the best quarterbacks on the roster, I don't want to shove him out there and, and pigeonhole him into the starting lineup. So on the offensive side, I say, okay, I think Anquan Bolden still, to me, that's a good signing for this team, a good influence on Odell Beckham. Um, he's a good veteran presence. He's tough. He's a possession kind of guy. So I'm a big fan of that, of, of adding another veteran. Fine, sure. It depends how much money he wants guaranteed. I'm not going to give him a ton of guaranteed money because I want to have flexibility. Sort of like James Jones last year. James Jones was a late signing. They brought him in. They said they, they looked around. They said, okay, where does he fit? How, how are we going to be able to use this guy now? If Victor Cruz is healthy and you, and you don't want Anquan Bolden, then you, you let go of him. But uh, that, that's why the guaranteed money comes into play there. But I would like to add him. I think there's some benefits of having him around those guys, around Cruz, around Shepard around Odell Beckham. I think he brings something different to the table. Physical, look, he doesn't have speed. He's not going to get downfield. But I like that mix with those guys. So now without the offensive line, I'm not going to – I said I'm not going to trade DRC. So my plan here is you let it plant pan out. You go in there. You take a look at Bobby Hart, see if he could fit into one of either the right guard or right tackle spot. You have Marshall Newhouse, John Jerry. You see what you got. And towards the end of training camp, sometime this summer, I'm looking to add an offensive lineman, but not with DRC and probably not the same level of player because DRC is a higher level player than what I'm going to put out there right now. But I'm going to say, okay, you have Will Ty, who some people might like. He had a promising you know, first year, rookie year. People might see some value in him. He's cheap. You could see a guy. I mean, I don't see a guy who's eventually going to turn into a, a, a Pro Bowl type player. So... I see a decent player, him and Larry Donnell, guys that can have 60 catches, 800 yards, six touchdowns, that sort of range. So I try and swing one of those two guys for a borderline starting offensive lineman, a guy that maybe you could throw in there, a guy that might be, if, if you don't like what you're seeing from Bobby Hart or John Jerry or Marshall Newhouse, a guy that would be an upgrade. Obviously, you're not going to get a pro bowler. You're not going to get a pro bowler in any shape or form right now. So I think you can get a decent starting offensive lineman, a, a guy who might be getting pushed out by a younger guy somewhere else for, let's say, a Will Ty. And I don't think it's a big downgrade if I'm taking Larry Donnell over Will Ty. So, and I think Will Ty probably has more value. So that's my plan. I'm not adding anything at safety. There's nothing out there that entices me enough to say, okay, all these young options for the Giants that, that they have there, the, the three guys that they've drafted in the last couple of years, the Darian Thompson, 
uh, even Justin Curry. Like one of those guys, I think, has to be able to be a, a decent player in the NFL, and it's better than getting uh, an old uh, Antro Roll or, or who else did we say was out there? Or Dante, Dante Whitner, who doesn't really fit next to uh, Landon Collins, in my opinion. So that's my plan of how to get the Giants to be a better team before the season starts. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot, lot to unpack there, there a lot <laughs> to unpack. And, and I like some of what you did, and uh, we'll get into it. But I do want to just touch on, before we kind of unpack the plan and the players you think the Giants could or maybe should bring in if you were GM, just want to go back to a second. You mentioned there about DRC. This the second week now that we've at least touched on the idea that you know, maybe the Giants would move on from him at some point. You know, I think after this coming season with his contract, that is probably logical. But for this year, I think a lot of Giants fans are saying, well, why in any way, shape, or form would the Giants even consider uh, getting rid of DRC? Now, it wasn't part of your plan, but that idea has kind of been out there, and Giants fans are talking about it. Do you, uh, can you think of why? I mean, what are you hearing? What do you think? Because, I mean, he's a good player, not a great player, but I just think if the Giants didn't have him for this year, they'd probably be pretty thin at corner. So what's, what's the thinking there, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I just, I know some fans are pretty high on DRC, and it, it really caused uh you know especially you look at social media some people to uh get very excited is, is the way i'm gonna say it. sounds but, like social media uh summed up pretty well there people get a little too excited <laughs> so yeah i just look I've, i didn't hear i've heard it on multiple occasions that the giants aren't just aren't as high on him as maybe some of these drc fans out there and this is as a player i believe so i don't think this has much to do with you know personality or or some sort of problem. He, I don't think he, he's never, never caused a problem in the locker room. I've never heard anything like that. I've never heard of him make a fuss. I've never heard of him talk about money, uh, any, any of that sort of stuff. But, you know, putting two and two together, my guesstimate here is that it has to do with the fact that the Giants aren't crazy about him as a player because of how the last two years have unfolded. Look, what has been one of the Giants' top priorities this offseason? Health, right? They went and signed Olivier Vernon, who has never missed a game in his career. Janaris Jenkins, who I think missed four games as a rookie, so he basically missed four games in like either his rookie or second year, four games in four years. So just guys that are healthier, more reliable. DRC, he comes off the field a lot. He hasn't been able to stay on the field for full games, and that's a problem because when you're a defensive coach and you're making a game plan, okay, we're going to put DRC on – I'm making it up. Des Bryant this game, okay? And the whole game plan, that's part of the game plan. You have DRC on Des Bryant, and he has to come off the field for 10 plays. And the J. Ron Hosleys of the world, whoever your backup cornerbacks are, have to come in in those 10 plays, which you never know when they're going to happen. They happen in an instant, just like that. Like, And then you have to put in J. Ron Hosley and say, okay, he's guarding Des Bryant for these 10 plays like th- that are out of nowhere and that are sort of random in him pulling himself off the field. You know, in the middle of uh, in the middle of a drive, it really puts the team at a I mean, disadvantage. I mean, for, go ahead. Forget about ten plays. There were situations last year where he was off the field for one play, and Hosley came in and got burned immediately for a big pass. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's I think that's the impetus of why we're hearing this and why. I mean, I've heard it when Janoris Jenkins was signed. It was something that I that somebody mentioned to me. Uh, it was mentioned to me again recently as the Giants were poking around corners was that DRC isn't quite as high on their on their list of uh, you know players that they're in love with that they're, they're a big part of their future 
uh, future plans. So I think that's sort of where this is coming from. Yeah, and I guess it makes sense then when you think about what the Giants did this offseason. All the money they gave to Janoris Jenkins. I mean, they needed to add a corner anyway. But then drafting Eli Apple in the first round. I mean, it feels like they have set themselves up for eventually replacing DRC as a starter. That probably doesn't happen now. But, you, I mean, they, they spent a lot of offseason draft capital and free agent money to bring in starting corners in their mind. Their starting corners are next year, in their mind, are Eli Apple and Janoris Jenkins. I, 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 it's hard for anyone to look at it any other way. I mean, DRC is no more guaranteed money. He's 31 years old. Like, it's all pointing in that direction. For Disagree, now, James? Go ahead, James. James. Agree? No, I, I totally agree, which is if I might as well jump right into my plan. I'm also signing Leon Hall because I'm trading DRC. I just think he's not in your future Five. plans. All right. He's not in your future plans. You need help in other positions more than you need at cornerback. So if you had Adelian Hall, you go Hall and you have Hall and Jenkins, you have Apple, you have Trevin Wade, who I think they like as a fourth cornerback. You have some young guys that you're bringing in to camp. You know, there's going to be some guys that shake loose during camp on the waiver wire. And then, you know, there's no way to get a major upgrade at right tackle or even add a pass rusher on the, the free agent market really right now. I mean, there are some guys, but, you know, you talk about, okay, a guy like Luis Vasquez. I mean, there's going to be 20 teams competing for him when you get a trading camp. So I would move DRC. Now, I know last week we had said DRC for Eugene Monroe for the Ravens. Um, I don't necessarily think that that should be a straight-up trade. I mean, I, I would think that the Giants might be able to get a little bit of compensation from out of the Ravens elsewhere. But I just think it's a move that makes sense. It, you know, they, they have their opinions of DRC. The future is is pretty clear that he's not going to be a part moving forward, and you know sometimes you got to give something up to get something. So, I think that when you look at the grand scheme of the team, their needs at other positions are bigger than what they would have at cornerback if they get rid of DRC. You can see what you're talking about there. I mean, you're basically weighing cornerback depth versus offensive line starter basically, and you're weighing that. You know you're gonna have to give you're gonna have to give give away something at one of those spots, and you'd rather give away cornerback depth than than offensive line starter, which is which I I can fully understand. Yeah, I just think that you know I understand that fans get all upset, and I'm sure they'll be coming at me now on Twitter. But it just seems to me that if if you don't think if you're not planning on having DRC there next year, and you this drafted a guy number ten, and you're this would be conditional on we're signing a veteran cornerback who we trust and we've got a guy in Wade that we think can be a fourth cornerback and we've got a bunch of young guys that we like they're going to be in camp it just seems to me that it's a lot easier to trade DRC and get yourself an answer on the offensive line than to hold on to DRC and try to find something shaking loose in the summer it's all contingent on you thinking Eli Apple can play and start too you his rookie year I mean you know, if you if you if they don't feel that, then this is going to be a move that they can't make. Yes, that that too. I mean, they'd have to feel comfortable with Apple, but you know, who knows? Maybe 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 they get to camp and Apple looks good, on, okay on the outside, and they they like call in the slot and they go from that. But I I just think you at least have to investigate trading DRC. I I think if you don't investigate trading him, then you're just kind of doing yourself a disservice. Just to you need to see what's out there and what you could get for him. 
What about the other side of this? Obviously, if you're going to do that, James, you know, you're going to want something back, like you said. I mean, you, you never trade a starting player just for the hell of it, unless he's a locker room problem, which is not the case here. So, or the, what you, or the Eagles. If you're the Eagles, you just... Right. If you're Chip Kelly, you just, you know, you just, just get, go. Yeah, you just do whatever you, whatever you feel, wake up feeling like doing. Uh, but what do you think his value is around the NFL? I mean, the Giants... Um, obviously know him so well now and up close and there's those, you know, coming in and out of games and the, the kind of the injury issue in games sometimes. But do you think other teams would look at him like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty good talent that, you know, if he was a free agent, we'd have to pay and maybe we could get him for cheaper in a trade. I mean, what do you think other teams think of DRC? Like if you didn't, if we weren't around the Giants, what would you think of DRC if you just were kind of trying to watch him from afar, if you could try to put yourself in that position? You know, I don't know, Jordan, if you're a, a team that's contending or close to it, would you give a fourth or fifth round pick for him? For DRC? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a reasonable price. He could still play. But, I mean, that doesn't do the Giants any good. No, I'm just saying, so if you are if you call Baltimore and say, all right, we'll give you DRC and we want Eugene Monroe and a fifth round pick, I think that's an equitable trade. It probably is. I like. I think we talked about this last week. Uh, Ozzie Newsom has not been shy about trading for veterans in the summer. Has done it a lot over the years. So, I mean, that one just team wise, that would make some sense. It's it's interesting as we we make this plan to improve the Giants. Um, there's also that thought of maybe subtracting a little bit from what they have. All right. Yeah, I don't all- know if the Ravens would give up draft picks though. They're big into this. You know, they're, they're the ones. No, who, uh, they're the ones who who accumulate all those compensatory picks. I think the bigger question is you. Would you do okay? You you want your offensive line? Would you do it straight up? If Eli Apple can play and they're convinced that he can play, I would. Yeah, I, I would do that. Trail. I think Monroe still can play. He's only twenty nine. Um, that would make me feel a lot better at right tackle. But if they're if they're still unsure of Apple, I I don't think they could do that. Now there's other options that'll come up around the league that might fall into yeah, this yeah. category. So we're just throwing out a name that you know we're looking at and makes logical sense because they just drafted a guy. He's sort of out of mic- out of favor there. There's also, I mean, other things that have come up with him. You know, uh, he, he's promoting the legalization of medical marijuana. Yes, I don't know. yes. So I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff, and that would be something you got to look into. But uh, yeah, you know. This is this is just a hypothetical here, and we're yeah. When, when, and when we're talking about trading for an offensive lineman, this is the kind of guy we're talking about—a guy who's out of favor, has been a starter, can start, you know, can come in here and possibly start. But you're not going to get, you know, an all-pro or a pro bowler. That's just nobody's giving away. That's not on the market. Yeah, no, and, and I think another thing that you and I we kind of touched on when we did the projected depth charts is that. Okay, so you know you have an issue at right tackle, but what happens if Eric Flowers gets hurt? You have like you don't have anybody that's a, I mean, Justin Pugh is your backup left tackle. You don't yeah. want to move him off a of guard. So if something happens in a disaster scenario, if a guy like Monroe is your starting right tackle, I think you'd feel more comfortable putting him on the left side than putting Marshall Newhouse on the left side. Oh, by far, yeah. I mean, he's done it before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that's an option. I mean, that that is not an option that this team would ever no. get to the point of using. I, I don't that 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 scenario doesn't exist where Marshall Newhouse is the left tackle. No, I I don't think it does. But I was just saying. So yeah, let's saying, say they take point. the line that's as it is, and Flowers gets hurt. Well, what are you what are you going to do? You're in trouble. I mean, you're you're in desperation mode at that point. If, 
uh, if that would happen there. So, you know, as I listen to both of your plans and, and the possibility of a trade or bringing this guy or that guy in, of all these players that are potentially available, right? Like, like the available guys, I mean, in free agency, not not Monroe because he's you know he's on a team right now. We're just kind of uh, having fun with a speculation and, and just you know an idea of a trade. But of the guys that are free agents, which one is kind of the most intriguing for you? Both. We'll take it from two perspectives. We'll go to Jordan and James. One, from the Giants' perspective, and then two, just from a football perspective, because he's going to land somewhere, and you think there's something still left in the tank. So uh, which guys are the most intriguing to you still out there, Jordan? Uh, Bolden is a guy that, that does intrigue me a little bit. I mean, uh, Bolden and Leon Hall, those are the two guys I said they wanted them to sign. Like, they intrigue me because they're proven. I mean, they're guys that played decent last year. Um, and I want to see... I, the, if you didn't play really, if you didn't play decent last year, I, like Anthony Davis didn't play last year. You know, Brandon Boykin didn't have a good year last year. Obviously, everyone around the league is pretty seems pretty down on Brandon Boykin. Was he going on his fourth team in two years? And he's still young. It's amazing. He just that guy just bounces around everywhere. Yeah. So I, I, again, the public perception and the league's perception on that guy, I don't, I do not believe is the same. So. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in Antro Roll. You're talking about a guy at the end of his career. So I want. That's why Bolden and Hall to me are the two guys that intrigue me because they they both played pretty well last year. I know that they may. I you know that they have the best chance of having something left in the tank. In my opinion. I I agree, especially when it comes to Bolden. I mean, I've been thinking about that since the beginning of the offseason, the first wave of free. Yeah, you've been a proponent, Jeff. Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of him, and I think he just give the Giants something that they don't have. I mean, they have, they have these guys that are younger and quick and fast and have some deep speed, which is, of course, what you want. But there's something about what Bolden still brings as kind of that old man wide receiver that I, I think would, uh, it would help. Uh, James, for you, who are the, the free agents that you just, you're intrigued by just that they're still out there? Which, which one's for you across the league and then, you know, for the Giants' perspective? I, I definitely think Bolden's intriguing. I think Hall's intriguing. Um, the guy for me who really strikes the Giants, I think should be an option for them, is the guy that they didn't take last year, and you know then he went Dwight Freeney. I really think the Giants should look into him because you know they, they've done all these improvements to the defense, but their pass rushing situation is they have Vernon and JPP on the ends, and that's about it. You have Oa, Oa. who's basically a rookie. Yep. Kerry Wynn, who who. Hey, was a good find for the Giants. He's good against the run. He's not run. a pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you think Jay Bromley can maybe pass rush a little bit as an interior tackle, but still, you know, he's a guy who's got to prove it. So I think the Giants, you know, Brad everybody Bars. Talks, Brad Bars. Brad Bars is a situational pass rushing lineman, but that's about it. You know, they don't really have – and the pass rush was the major issue last year, and they've only really got two – established guys who are pass rushers right now. So I think a guy like Dwight Freeney, you know, even if he plays 20 snaps a game, you know, he gives you something that you might not necessarily have. Um, I, you know, they, everybody How's he going to fit that, in 20 snaps though? This is where I'm a little confused. Where, where, where are you throwing him in 20 snaps? Taking JPP off the field for 20 snaps or Vernon or moving one of them inside? I would say you probably move JPP inside. You move him around. You know, you just pick your choice. You know, forget about if one of those guys gets injured. Take that aside for a second. Right. It's just I, I think you know they just they have a need. They can add pass rushers. You know, they 
surprisingly, you know, I know they were going to get Leonard Floyd, but once they got outfoxed on Leonard Floyd, they didn't take anybody. You know, Giants fans are going to say, oh, we don't want this guy. But, you know, the Browns have no interest. You know, Barkevius Mingo is probably – you could probably get him for a bag of balls from the Browns right now. So, you know, maybe look into trading for a guy like him and to see if you can catch lightning in a bottle with a guy. I, I just think that they could use more pass rushing options – and Freeney is a guy who produced last year. He's a veteran with a limited snap count, maybe moving guys like JPP around. He's a guy who I think would be an intriguing option for the Giants. I'm with you, James. And I was just look at, looking at his numbers as you were talking there, and I, I was shocked. I didn't realize how productive he was last year in limited time. He played 11 games with the Cardinals last year, and he had eight sacks and three forced fumbles. I mean, he's still got after the quarterback, at least in, in terms of that kind of production. I wasn't watching snap by snap, but... If you Which eight- is why I'm not so much against the, the going after him, but if you're him, wouldn't you rather go to someone like the Cowboys, who aren't set out there, who have these guys suspended, or a team where they're Definitely, not so George. committed to their two, their two pass rushers on the outside? That's, I don't know. I think you're right. I mean, he might find a better option. Let me ask you guys this. When it comes to uh, Freeney, but then just the pass rush in general, because I've been wondering this since the draft went, went, you know, came and went, and they didn't land Floyd. What do you think the Giants' defensive line will look like? Just you know, right now, and then obviously will change when you get out there for OTAs and then training camp. But what do you think it could look like on third and long? Like, you know, Jonathan Hankins had a bunch of sacks, you know, recently, but he's not a he's not a pass rusher, and obviously that's not Damon Snacks Harrison at all. Uh, we mentioned Oa, but you know, in the past the Giants have. When they had all that depth at defensive line, they had those ends that can move inside, like you were just talking about there, James. They used to do that NASCAR thing where it was like four defensive ends across. Like third and nine, week one against the Cowboys. Obvious pass rush situation. They have four down linemen. What do you think it would look like right now? James and then Jordan. This is a good Uh, question. It's a really good question. I guess uh, I'm going to say JPP. And Vernon will definitely be there. My assumption is Vernon's outside. We'll put JPP inside. I, I guess they would hope to have Oa out inside? there. You think he can go inside with the hands? I, I don't know. That's I really a really have good no question. Idea. It's a great That's question. That's why I'm asking you. I, I, I thought about it, but I don't. I don't. I really have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I guess maybe Bromley. Um, see, this therein lies the point. I just, you know, it's it's tough. You know, I mean, do they walk up Canard somehow? I, I don't know. The question it's, is, who's going to be on the inside? Are you re- are you going to put are you going to put uh, Jonathan Hankins in there? Is he going to be your pass rushing tackle? And like, you know, you those kind of guys need snap. They can't play sixty snaps. The big guys like that. So, uh, what interests in me is, will we see Oa on the inside? I think. I think yeah. that is, I think that actually has a chance of happening. Uh, you know, I'm looking at their depth chart right now, and it's like, all right, Stansley Maponga. I mean. Who knows what, you know, he, he obviously has been in the league for a while. You know, they got a lot of young guys, you know, undrafted guys, but you can't count on them. Um, yeah, I don't really know what their third down package looks like. It's, it's you know, you is got... Is Kennard good enough where you have to get him on the field on third down? Is he that good a pass rusher? That's a good question. I, I, you know, he's got to stay healthy first, but, you know, yeah, right. so it's... He's I a good pass think, rusher for a linebacker, though, but yeah. is he a good pass rusher as a, as a defensive end? I mean, that, that's the question. You know, that, is he better than the, a Dwight Freeney on third down? I'm going to lean toward no for now, but... Yeah, I'm with so you. Yeah, I, I just think the pass rush is still an issue. I think that, 
the interior tackles, I think they should feel pretty good. You got snacks, you got Jonathan Hankins, you hope Jay Bromley steps up, and then you've got a group of guys like Montour Hughes, Lewis Nix. One of those guys you got to hope can be the fourth tackle, but yeah, I don't think those are pass rushing guys. They're not pass rushing. Yeah, those guys. are the, those are more run guys. That's the problem. There's a lot of run guys. A lot of run stuffers, and they just the pass rush. You know, it's it's not there. I mean, Jordan mentioned Brad Bars. I could definitely see him playing some sort of role because they need they need guys coming off the edge, and they don't have a lot of them that are proven at this point. Yeah, Bars is a guy with a, a, a you know really good motor. Doesn't stop, but you you could see it when he practices. So. You know, maybe, maybe that is something. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, play some uh, pass rushing linebacker type spots and blitzing also. So, but I think the real question, though, and this is Joe, why it's such a good question, is who's going to be the Justin Tuck guy that goes on the interior to pass rush? The defensive end that goes into the interior when you are in a straight, okay, let's go get the quarterback deal. Robert Ayers did it very well last year and the year before, two years in a row. Now he's gone. So who does it now? I don't think you pay, I don't think you paid Vernon to do that. I don't think you did either. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's funny, just I threw out the question. I just I kind of thought about it. I was, I was thinking of that situation that probably will arise multiple times in week one. And yeah, of, of all the things the Giants did this offseason and all the ways they tried to improve and how much they spent to improve, the biggest thing we talked about when this offseason began was the pass rush. And while Vernon being there on a, you know, 85, 90% of the snaps, whatever, he'll play 100, whatever, who knows how long he'll be out there. As long as he's out there, he's help, he'll help them, he improved them, but they still have that issue. And the Freeney idea, James, or anybody they could find for a pass rusher, I just, I wonder, you know, how they do this coming into the season, because that, it's still an issue to me, and that probably shouldn't be, right, James? I mean, they, they tried to solve this. I think when they signed Vernon, we just all sat here and assumed that they were going to get a guy like Floyd in the first round. They were going to pick up another pass rusher later on. And they have plenty of pass rushers. But they they kind of surprised us, and they went out and they drafted a safety and a tight end and another running back. And now it's the pass rushers. I mean, look, for all we know, Owa could come out and have a you know make a major impact after basically missing all of last year, and they could be fine. But until these guys prove themselves, they have – in my opinion, major uncertainties behind the two big names, and that could end up being a major issue come week one, even given all the improvements they've made elsewhere. James, flip side, just, yes. just stating the scenario. Let's Oa, here's a guy who's had a lot of injuries in his past. What if he's injured? Where's What is their depth if Oa's injured behind they, JPP and Vernon? I, I, I don't know. That's why I, I think there's like, these these guys these undrafted guys. I mean, one of them might make the team because they need someone. Romeo Okwara, Okwara. led Notre Dame in sacks with eight last year. Never know. Never know. Never, maybe Freeney's, Freeney's, Freeney's sounding better. You're so, you guys are selling me here. I mean, if not Freeney, like and we talked about trading DRC. Not to go back to that, but all right. So if you can't find a sufficient right tackle or offensive line help, maybe you start calling around about pass rushers. Well, especially what if you have an injury to one of you guys? What if JPP or Vernon actually have a actually you know have a four week injury or something? Then then you really got to go. Then you say, okay, yeah. well, we'll we'll definitely we have to give up our cornerback depth in in order to get a, improve our pass rush. And you know, I know the Giants are hoping this isn't the case, but what happens if they get out there and the JPP we saw last year 
is basically the JPP we see now. Maybe maybe that's the ceiling. And how many uh, double-digit sack seasons does Vernon have on his resume coming in here? None, right? He's, he's never None. one, one. He does one. Well, okay. He, he had Trentus. I think he had led the league in quarterback hits last year. Right. He's a good so, player. I'm not saying he's he a good won't player, help. but you, but you're right. You know, he's not Von Miller. I think that's really no. worth the point. Right. Exactly. You know, you know, Von Miller's not out there. No. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's going to be a, a story. I'm sure we're going to follow as, as camp goes on. How are they going to rush the passer, and, and who's going to contribute with it? All right, so we, we've given, you've given your plans, and uh, we'll see what the Giants do over the next couple of weeks. The next pressing thing, and you'll be there uh, starting right at the beginning of next week. We're doing this podcast on a Thursday. Uh, I believe you guys will be there Monday for the start of OTAs. Uh, so before we wrap up episode 53, uh, give me one thing you guys are uh, just kind of thinking about or looking for in OTAs. I mean, I know a lot of this could just be – you know, it's it's not it's not really practice. You know, you just they're just out there and they're getting together again. But it is the first time everyone will probably be there and together for the first time. Draft picks, rookies, and the veterans. Uh, Jordan and then James, uh, what are you looking for next week? You can see the plans of the team. I mean, that's the, for the first time we're going to see the rookies on the field where they sort of fit in. Now, granted, they haven't been in there too too long, so they might they're probably still learning, so lower on the depth chart. But we'll see with some of these veterans, some of these free agents. Okay. Where do they stand at middle linebacker right now? How are they utilizing those guys? Is, is Keenan Robinson working with the first team yet? Or is that still Jasper Brinkley's spot? Who are they using in that first team um, nickel pass rush unit that we just talked about? Who's in the slot? Who's in that defensive tackle spot rushing the passer? Uh, these are things that are of interest. I mean, I want to see. Are they going to use JPP inside at all? You know, we have is that is that an option? Is that something they're thinking about? Because this is the time to sort of play around with it. If you are, if you're thinking about it, you go into mini camp, you and and, and training camp, and you try it early. You see if you think it's going to work, and then if it doesn't, then you can just scrap it and then go in a different direction. So this is the time when you go and do those kind of things. Let's see what they're thinking about at free safety. Where does Thompson, Darius Thompson, fit in the in the mix? Uh, these are the things that I'm interested in. Where is Sterling Shepard going to start out at? Is he going to be on the outside primarily? Is, are they going to put him in the slot? Are we going to see Victor Cruz is another thing I'm interested in seeing. So let's see how he looks first time in forever. It does so. feel like forever since Victor Cruz has you know, been out there running around and catching passes uh, from Eli. James, what, what are you looking for uh, when OTAs begin? I definitely agree with Jordan. I think it'll be really what what does Cruz do? I mean, it's only OTAs. We're only going to be there for one day on Monday. But is he is he out there at all? Is he still off to the side? You know, does he line up at all? Does he run at all? Um, I'm really and I'm working on something. I'm really intrigued to see if we get any signs of what the plan is with uh, Will Johnson, the fullback they signed in the off season. He's a very versatile guy, and James you know, loves those big guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll, James likes guys. old school football. You, you yeah. can hear it. Yeah, and I, long I snappers just, too. Long snappers, right? Yes, <laughs> long snappers too. Um, I'm intrigued to see how Ben McAdoo uses him. You know, when we were there for the the mini camp, I don't think they really had any of the new guys lining up at all in the team portions we saw. You know, I, I just think it's going to be fascinating to see how they use him because he's a guy who he could line up. As a tight end, he can line up as a traditional fullback. The Steelers even used him as a short yardage tailback at times last year. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see how he lines up, because I think that's going to be telling. Because when you see how they utilize him, that's also going to be telling of, okay, so what's the future 
roster status for a guy like Nikita Whitlock. You know, how many tight ends might they carry? Um, is this a guy who they feel is going to be their blocking tight end? So I think Will Johnson's going to be kind of a, a key puzzle piece to how a lot of other positions on the roster filter out as we get closer to the season. How um, about if we're going to see Nikita Whitlock on the other side of the ball? And, that's and, true. We, we should have Will Johnson. Yeah. He does well, have it, some pass rush moves. We know that. Yeah. Pass oh, rush moves. You know what? We didn't mention him. He is, we did, we're, we're he is there. They have they have a big void in that spot. Maybe he's a guy that they really have plans for, and that de- defensive line is a pass rusher. He had a white white jersey. He did. He, he did. Maybe he comes out with a blue jersey. Not that it matters. I mean, G.J. Kinney was listed as a quarterback for like a, over a year, and he was. But he had a blue jersey. He was playing. He, a, he did have a blue he, jersey. He, the, he never had a white jersey. You know what? Because I know fans like to. I want to see Anthony Dable. <laughs> I, I, I'm intrigued to see this because when they had the mini camp, he was just kind of there. You know, the coaching staff, and, and he said that he's starting to get a hold of the playbook. Um, I also think it'd be if we could see it one Odell versus Apple matchup. I think that would be something interesting to see as well. I don't think Giants fans want to see that. They'll be they'll be they'll be down on their first round pick. I think if they see that, you know. So, but yeah, no, I, I mean, we're, we'll be there for one day. It'll probably be a walkthrough and we'll see none of these things, but <laughs> I, I do think it's, it's, it's kind of the start of foot things resembling what this team is going to look like in 2016. So I think it's a, it's an intriguing time. Joe, do you, before we, we move on, do you know that James was a high school long snapper? That's why I said that before. I didn't know. Highly, that. highly skilled high school long snapper. James, you should have continued down that, um, that, that path of that craft because they always, you know, when you get that job, you never give it up. Like, you could have, you could have made it as an NFL long snapper, then we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, uh, my last week of high school football, for the last game of the year, my senior year, I, I, I'm standing out there, like, at practice, and I'm, like, warming up or something. And, like, the coach walks over and goes, yo, you could long snap uh, Division three or Division two, I think. And I was like... You know, thanks, Coach. Thanks for informing me this as, as I've now like sent out all my applications, all the deadlines, and there are all these uh, SEC and Big Ten schools. Now, thanks for letting me know that I should have been going to these smaller schools. But uh, no, I was I was fairly accurate at it, but uh, probably not anymore. When they did the uh, after practice competitions last year, you know, the Coughlin tried to institute those, and one of them, remember the long snappers, they had to snap the ball. Yes, off the the like the the, the, the upright the post, right? Was it the upright or was it the base? It was the base. The base, excuse me. Yeah, and uh, James insisted that we should do that competition with him and see how regularly he can nail that post. He thought he thought it was going to be a snap that he he would have been all over it. So we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do I, that during they, training camp. That well, yeah, we'll we'll have that video competition. James long snapping versus. Zach Diossi. All right, I'm just going to call this now before we wrap it up um, because we always, you know, we always talk about when we're putting stuff up on the site. If the Giants lose Diossi, I call it right now. I'm going to write the piece that the Giants should sign James uh, to replace Zach Diossi uh, as their long snapper. Right? I just want to make sure. He'll be like the uh, long snapping version, a version, <laughs> long snapping version of Odell's, Odell's uh, cousin. That's right. That is right. I feel like I, I have I would, to be the one to write it because, it, James, you can't write it. And, and Jordan, no. I can understand why you don't want to put James on the spot, but I'll do it. I'll write it and I'll say the Giants should sign this guy right now. 
I, I could say this. I would try to provide as many headlines as Odell's <laughs> cousin has for, for, for all of our, our colleagues out there. James is going to dye his hair, but he's, he's also going to do a blue. We're not rooting for <laughs> any injury to anyone, but man, if this somehow could happen, this would be... Uh, this no, would be I, I think I'd go the neon green, like the uh, NJ Advanced Media color. <laughs> neon green, James Cratch hair, uh, your next long stepper. Everyone, uh, we appreciate you listening. This was a fun one. OTA start on Monday. We'll be back next week to kind of recap whatever you guys see in a walkthrough and, and have some other uh, fun uh, content on next week's show for you. And uh, just uh, a word, uh, kind of a word on how you listen and where you want to listen. Uh, we just recently joined the iHeartRadio network, so you can also uh, listen that way as long as, you know, as well as Stitcher and iTunes and SoundCloud, however you want to listen to the show, uh, it is available to you. And uh, we appreciate all the downloads on iTunes last week. We moved, at one point we were, you know, pretty near the top of an iTunes sport podcast, which um, some pretty big podcasts in there along with us. So we appreciate all that. Yeah, thanks, and, everybody. Yeah, Thank you. It, this podcast has grown a lot over the past year or so, and uh, it's because of you guys listening. So we appreciate it, and we'll be back next week. Jordan, thanks for doing this, man. Anytime, Joe. Let me just add this before we go. Send my little message to Jerry. Jerry, I know Jerry Reese. I know, I know you're listening, so I hope you were listening. I, I laid out a good plan, a real good plan. So did James. These are two very good options. I feel like Jerry's always listening to this podcast. I mean, you, you would think that we're his favorite people, so he's listening. But, yes, Jerry, we appreciate you downloading last week as well. Uh, and Actually, Joe, if we made a list of things Jerry Reese would rather do than listen to us speak, I, I think you, you'd be really, really surprised at some of the things that were on that list. Pretty much anything and everything would be on that list of things he'd rather do rather than listen to us talk. Yeah, almost everything he could possibly <laughs> think of he would rather do. James, thanks for doing this as always. No problem, Joe. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 53 of Talk is Chilu. Back with you next week right here on NJ.com.